Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. Normally, we, we watch a movie, we review it and discuss it and, and dig deep and either tear it to shreds or praise it or something in between. Um, those are the boring ones though, the in-between ones, it's when we praise it or tear it to shreds that are usually more entertaining. But, this is different, this is our, our quarterly uh, top 50 countdown, and for this countdown we are doing our top 50 uh, foreign films or top fifty world cinema. Phrase it how you like. Now, of course, foreign language I think should be specified. Foreign language. Well, I was just about to explain that. It's not going to be called that though, because that's that's a boring title. But the rules for this, when we were setting these up, because you could you could you could, it can get kind of murky when you're talking about what counts as a foreign film. Um, for our purposes, what we are counting here as foreign is films made uh, in other countries where English is not the language of that country. So, Canada and Australia, not counting, right? They don't count. Yeah. They're, they're close enough. <laughs> they're not foreign. We're talking about films that are in other languages. Um, yeah. Where it could get potentially murky even under these rules is where it's made in a country that typically speaks English, but just happens to be in a foreign language. Yeah, you, you were pretty harsh on some of these. There were some like Scandinavian movies that are in English that were like, yeah, okay, no, we're not having those. Yes, I can't remember which ones you asked about, but yes, I said no. The hammer yeah. came down. It was like, no, no, we're being strict. Yeah, it's been a bit of a dick about it. So the point is, is that we're going to have 50 films each. The way this works, we do it in two parts. This is going to be the first half, of course. This will be 50 through 26. Um, Connor will give one of his, I'll give one of mine. We'll alternate back and forth. We'll give a little bit of reasoning as we go. And that's how we're going to do it. If you've not seen our previous countdowns, there's a nice handy playlist on the channel. Um, we did we did uh, 90s and 2000s. We did sci-fi. Uh, me and Tim did a top 100 horror movies last year on October as well. So there's a few old lists to go and check out should you wish to. But here we are. This is what we're going to do. So top 50 foreign language films. That's what we're going to do. So uh, was this a difficult list to make, Connor? Did you struggle with this one? Uh, no, not really. Um, I found that I, I, it, unintentionally as I was making this, I realised my list was very heavily skewed in favour of Asian cinema. Hmm. And that wasn't something I'd ever really consciously been aware of until I've made this and, and noticed that now I'm like, okay, I should probably make more of an effort to, to go to other regions as well. No, I get I've, it. I've got a pretty solid list, I, I, I feel, anyway. I feel relatively happy with it. I'm not actually sure how many of mine are Asian. I, I wasn't really paying attention. Now, as we're talking, I'm actually highlighting all the, the ones that are Asian. <laughs> Just, yeah, I'm just, just curious. Yeah. I'm just curious. It, it, it's, it's probably less than mine. Uh, you've probably seen more, you know, foreign movies than me. Um, but I mean, I've seen enough that this list didn't feel like I was, you know, cramming it in. It felt comfortable. Hmm. Well, that was a big chunk right there. <laughs> it was, it was very, very spread out, and then that chunk just had a bunch. Uh, oh, that's Asia. That's Asia. <laughs> is, is it more than you thought? I don't know. I'm only, I'm only about halfway. So so far, I'd say out of the first half, I'd say it's about sixty percent Asian. Yeah, that's only the first half. Slightly above that. Uh -huh. Second half though, maybe more more varied. Huh? Let me. Uh, there's one, two. There's another one. There's another one. This is, I know this is entertaining the shit, but here we I go. Know, I know. I've, I've created a, an awful thing by saying this. But we're, we're finished. I'm finishing this before I'm done now. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, there's, there's a couple there. 
Oh no, the, the, the top it's the top twenty five is a lot more fifty fifty. If anything, it's actually weighed towards non Asian slightly more. Okay. So no, I, I think fair. I think overall, I'm, I mean, I've not actually counted them to see if it's twenty five, twenty five, but I think it's about fifty fifty overall. Fair enough, but still, out of the entire world, even fifty fifty is is quite a, an Asian dominance, right? Um, well, it depends. Most of the films on my list will either be Asia or Europe, right? <laughs> it's one of those two. Okay, I, I mean, specifically, you know, that, is is it one region of of Asia though? Like, you know, the, yeah, yeah, Japan, China, Korea, that area. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No I Bollywood. I don't have any Bollywood. If that's what no, you're asking. Exactly. <laughs> That yeah, but you, I wouldn't have any. But you knew that coming in at this corner. That I wouldn't have any Bollywood. That is that is fair. <laughs> right. But you so, don't know. You can surprise me. Um, I do have to see more. I still have to see that Russian Guardians movie with the bear. It's like the Russian Avengers, and there's a, one yeah, of them's a bear. I I don't think that would have made this list. It probably wouldn't have, but I still want to see it. That that, that is fair for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so self-explanatory. Yes, it is. Russian Avengers with a bear. <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, we shall we shall get cracking. I say that after three minutes of highlighting. Uh, so, Connor, you can kick us off uh, with number fifty. What's your number fifty? My number fifty is interestingly enough not Asian. After I actually, just said all that, just I, I'm curious here. Actually, I, I'm actually because just for fun, just for fun. I'm curious if we both always remember what country the movie comes from that we're saying because it's our it's our own lists. Oh, 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 okay. Because because you're not going to mix up China and like Sweden, right? Obviously, you're not going to mix those the up. The ones that are going to go be like, okay, Hong Kong, or just Chinese, because some people would say, okay, though there is a difference. I'm pretty sure all the Chinese films I've got are all Hong Kong. Are they? I think so. I, I feel like most are. Uh, At least most of the ones I've seen. I've not checked on all of mine specifically as to whether they're Hong Kong or China. Not not, that I'm claiming that mainland China haven't made any movies. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that most of the ones I've seen... showing up on your list. Yeah. I I think all all come from Hong Kong. Uh, Or the co-productions between Hong Kong and China, and therefore, I mean... That's fair. I've obviously not checked all of mine, and I'm not entirely certain on some of them. Yes, I'm just curious. So... You have to you have to say what country your film's coming from. And hey, I, I, just as equally, I mean, I, I I used Asia as an example. Uh, Sweden and Norway try to differentiate between them at a glance. <laughs> so if I can't remember, it's going to be difficult as well. Yeah, so, yeah, that's just that whole region. It's Scandinavian. What more do you want? It's cold and north. My number fifty is Ashes and Diamonds. This is a Polish movie. Oh, right. Pol- yes. Rack a point for Poland. Poland's got one on the board. <laughs> This is basically yeah, uh, world. I don't have the year though. Hang on, let me find the year that it was. The... Now, now I feel pressured. No, you don't have to give me the year. I don't know the year for all I mean. Okay, <laughs> okay fine. Fine. But... No year. No year. No year. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm treating this like a competition now. Poland's got a point on the board. Okay, and we're seeing how many it can get. There's my pad. I'm going. To, I'm going to keep note of these. Oh, for Christ's sake! It's <laughs> a great idea. Oh, this is a shambles. We should just start over. He didn't bite, did he? No, he didn't. <laughs> Ashes the diamonds, you see. But Poland's got one. Yes. Poland has one. Uh, this is a movie that is set 
on the very last day of World War Two, and the the treaty has just been signed. The surrender, you know, it's it's all happened. It's ended, and then a soldier gets one last order to assassinate this this guy who's a uh, you know, new governmental position that, that, that has been promoted to uh, with the, with the end of the war. And the movie is whether or not he should do his duty as a soldier and follow the order and, and go through with it, or whether he should be like, well, th- the war's over. Maybe maybe let's not do that. And it, it, kind of, it gets complicated. It gets it caught up in it in a bar, and it becomes a bit of a there's a love story in there as well. Um, it's a really interesting watch. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I've not seen this one. This is this is a, an unknown quantity to me. I've heard of it, but not seen it. Yeah. Cool. Alright, uh, my number 50 is a little bit more mainstream and known, and that is uh, Ringu, or The Ring, or Ring, or however you want to pronounce the damn thing. So Japan's got one on the board. I feel like Japan might have a lot on the board by the end. Yeah, Japan, Japan I think, will be doing quite well, healthy for points by the end of this. So, uh, yeah, obviously it's uh, the, the horror film that kicked off J-horror, or uh, more broadly A-horror for Asian horror. Um, the creepy girl with the long hair who is a ghost of some kind. In particular with this one, you, you watch the videotape with the creepy images on it, you get a phone call right after saying you're going to die in seven days. And because of that, it's quite an interesting horror film because it's less about having more and more scares and more about the countdown. It's more about, okay, can we can we solve this puzzle before that time is up? And it's, that's it's, the movie. It's funny, that, that, that concept it almost plays more as a thriller than a horror, right? It does, but there's just a few key sequences at the start and the end that th- that put it into the horror oh, they genre. Definitively push it into yeah. horror. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people who will call you know, a horror or a thriller just, just yeah. because they just you know, don't like horrors. Aye, aye, aye. So the Academy. I mean, the, the, the Ring was up for ever up for an Academy Award, but they like to call thrillers horrors to so they feel better about giving it an award. We don't give awards to horror movies. Don't be silly. Yeah, yeah. You, you just know Get Out was being described as a psychological thriller. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet it was. Uh, so yeah. So the ring obviously is it's a modern classic. Um, although twenty years old now, actually. But it's um, you know it's creepy. It's got good pacing. Um, I think the journalist investigation is actually really engrossing. And rewatching it about a year or two ago for streams with Tim, um, I basically discovered that I dislike every single sequel and the remake and all the sequels to the remake. They're all varying degrees of bad. There's not another good film in this franchise. It was a great one-time idea. It's really, really good. Everyone after this sucks. It's good to know it holds up, though. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. If it feels off the air, obviously the whole thing revolves around the VHS tape. So, I mean, there's definitely sure, sure. some 90s uh, nostalgia to it to an extent as yeah. well. But No, this is, mm. I've, I've not watched this as a kid, so it's, it doesn't appear on my list. Because, you know, I, I didn't feel really fair to include it. Mm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad to know it does hold up if you watched it recently. Yep, yep. That's, yep. What's your 49? Uh, my number 49 is The Raid, which I want to say is Indonesian. Yeah, it is Indonesia, yep. I almost wish you got yeah. the, you didn't know what that was so I could tell you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you had it at the ready. Yeah. No, this is a, a great film. The, you know, the, the plot's pretty simple. We got, you know, but it's all about the action, right? It, mm. It's all about the action. And it's fantastic. And it's a, just a joy to watch. Yeah. It's weird that this came out like a couple of months away from Dread because they both felt so... Yeah, the, the, so the similar. journey through the building. Yeah, uh, structurally, they they are very similar. Yeah, combat's very different, of course, but yeah, very 
very, very different. Um, oh, yeah, there is very impressive, a lot of great action scenes. Uh, my only complaint is that I remember the action, uh, the, the last big fight, just being too long. Well, to the point where it stopped being impressive. It just started being like, all right, okay, you've been going out for 10 minutes. I see what you're doing, but yeah. okay, I'm, I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Right, you can end this now. You get now. it, you get a bit of fatigue. Yeah, but hey, you know, uh, it's a solid action movie. Can't, can't fault the pick. Yeah. Um, so that's it, Indonesia's got one on the board. Um, my number 49 is The City of Lost Children, so that's, that's one for France. France is on the board there. So we're going to put that over there. France, one point. So... <laughs> This is a uh, and Connor's hiccuping like an unprofessional. I'm toad. sorry, I tried to hold it in, it just didn't happen. Yeah, uh, so this is Jean Pierre Jeunet. Uh, you got Ron Perlman in there, and this is a sort of very, very European, stylish science fiction city uh, with these kids that have been kidnapped by an evil scientist and like you know the the, the rescuing of them. Um, not because of some kind of mission, but because he kind of just happens into the story, and it's just very circumstantial and. Very kind of quirky and French, but the the the, the art style is beautiful and very very surreal and different. And um, if you saw his other film, Delicatessen, it's got a very similar look to it, uh, but almost even more so because it's in a city at night time and there's a lot of rain and there's a lot of you know wet you know alleyways and things like that. Um, super. This is just purely based on visuals and mood more than anything else, but uh, it's it's a great great little movie. So that's that's about, that's about forty nine. What's your forty eight, Connor? I think it's funny you mentioned that because my 48 is Delicatessen. <laughs> Two for France. <laughs> yeah, that was a... You know, these sort of odd little quirks that pop up usually happen a bit later in the list. We don't usually get on this Actually, early on. Actually, hold on. I have to re-establish some rules about this, you know, this point system here. If we both say the same film at some point, is it getting a point for both times? Or am I scoring yeah, these... points. Yeah, or am I scoring it for... Just each of us individually. If, if that's the case, I need to go back and say who's doing what here. Uh, no, I'm just scoring it twice. It gets two points for two entries. Okay. Yeah, it gets two points. Right, okay. Time we get to mention. Right, there you go. Okay, right. So France is on, on two points, right? Continue. Yes, yes. So so France is in the lead. Yes, France is winning. Yes. <laughs> We've never said that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was such a great idea. I'm so proud of this. Right. Yeah. Go on. Uh, Delicacy, like you say, a lot of what you just said kind of holds to this. It's, it's so much about the, the mood, that European feeling that it has, uh, and the the dark comedy that it brings to that. Um, mm. A lot of visual comedy as well. And it really plays with that, and it's uh, it's kind of unique. I've not seen a lot like it in terms of uh, the, the comedy itself. Uh, I, I really enjoy this. We, we reviewed this quite a while ago now. Oh, yeah, it was, it was in... It was in like the first three or four movies we did on in Flux at the start yeah, of last year. Yeah, early on. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just one of the, obviously I'm glad that we watched because here it is now on my top fifty. There it is. Yeah. Uh, my number forty-eight. We'll go back to a horror movie here. This is Audition. It's also a Japanese horror movie. So Japan is now tied with France. See, that makes up. me feel better. It's, it's heating up. So Audition, and it's funny because this might not have appeared had I not rewatched this this year for streams me and tim watched this and i hadn't seen it in a long time and watching again now uh being i think when i watched this the first time it was probably when i was a teenager i had the blu-ray on my shelf for a long time um i don't think i really got what it was about the first time i watched it or if i did i'd long forgotten it um, and watching it as an adult and seeing kind of what it's really about and um, there's this this lonely businessman whose wife has died 
faking an audition for a a, a movie, right? Because he's in the movie business. They fake an audition, but the real goal behind the audition is so he can interview all these actresses to pick who he wants to date, not because there's actually a movie to film. Um, it feels very relevant actually in a in a Me Too world, but beyond that, it's it's very much about the expectations of men and how they think they get to choose a wife and how everything's about revolving around what they want in the world. And then of course the the horrific twist, which is the thing, is the movie goes a long time before the the hints of the horror kind of creep in. And when they do, they are disturbing as shit. And there's just these quick little glimpses, and then eventually it goes full thrall by the end. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a bit of a moral. It's it's a bit of a social commentary, and uh, it's it's got a lot, got a lot more lot more depth and meat on it than I I remembered from being a teenager. Uh, and I don't know if that's because I'm older now and I'm 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 reading it correctly. I appreciate seeing, it a lot yeah. more. Yeah. But uh, very very good. That's audition. Uh, Takeshi Miki, of course, the uh, the director of yeah. that one. I'm sure it won't be the first time he shows up in this. We shall Last see. time even. We shall it see. is the first time. Of course, it's the first time. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> What's your, what's your 47? Uh, yes, my 47 is, is actually a movie from last year that we covered. Uh, this is The Villainess. Korea? Yes, it is, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you would remember that one. I was, I was sure why you looked so confused. We, we only did this like six, eight months ago. I was just, I just hesitated. All right, take my second. Yeah, yeah. Take This is such a, a slick action movie. Um, you know, we, we did a little bit with a bit slow in the middle. Uh, did have some a little bit of pacing issues, which is why it's mm-hmm. you know relatively low on this list still. But my god, the action was so good, and it's probably my favorite action movie from last year. And there was there were some other good ones. Mm. So, no, I, I, I think yeah. that the biggest problem with it is that it peaks in the opening scene. <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably does. The, the opening the, like the, ten minute scene is like the pinnacle of the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I could watch that opening ten minutes just on repeat. And, yeah, and not get bored. Yes, so it's a, it's a, it's a POV. Uh, starts off shooting and then turns into hand to hand combat, but it's a POV action scene. There's it appears to be all be one take. It's not really, of course. They'll they'll have some tricks in there. But, but it is expertly done. Yes, very very visceral, very exciting. Yeah, the, the, the action for the rest of the movie is still good. It's still yeah. very good and a cut above most movies, but it never never quite lives up to that opening. Yes. I, I, I feel like they should have had like POV like version 2 at the end to, cat, like, to uh, bookend no, the movie. Yeah, the stuff with the bus. Yeah. I mean, the stuff with the bus was great, but I feel like, no, we want, we want her going through a building again. We want her to do that, yeah. but amp it up even more. Even if that means gutting the, the opening one a little bit so some of the better ideas are kept for the end. Just to, just to ramp mm, up and have, have the finale. But, I mean, hey. Uh, so, that was... Uh, 47 we're on. Uh, my 47 is Life is Beautiful, so that's one for Italy. Italy's on the board. So that's fun. Uh, so Life is Beautiful is the Roberto Benigni film uh, set in uh, World War Two. Specifically, he's Jewish. He's got a Jewish family, and it's a love story that ends with him and his family going to a concentration camp. This sounds depressing as shit, and it is in places. But you'd, what you'd be surprised to find is it's actually a very upbeat and very funny film, and it's a very much an example of using humor to like talk about a harsh subject. And it's very heartfelt. It's very sweet. Um, and it's very the, the fact that he made a movie about the Holocaust and it is delightfully fun and cheery for the majority of it 
is really impressive. It's impressive, yeah. and it never feels like it's you know making light of anything. It's just is is what it's making you know f- you know what it's having fun with is just human beings and how they act with each other and the love between them. And then arguably, if something bad does happen, it's even more effective because they feel like such like friendly nice people that you don't want to see anything bad happen to and it can be heartbreaking at times because of that but it's all about the spirit of life and you know uh never letting never letting the bastards get you down don't let the nazis get you down basically is the the, the gist of it so a lesson uh, to live by so no uh, that is life is beautiful very good or la vita bella in the original italian so uh what's your 46 so my 46 is my the, the most recent edition uh on my list this is the newest movie this is uh, flavors of youth this only came out on netflix in the last couple of months this is a netflix original uh, it's a chinese animated movie okay from okay. a japanese production company so but i mean it's it's all the all the stories are are, are in china like it's, that's what the, i've marked the, it as china china's got on the board china's got a point yeah. uh, okay okay cool um <laughs> This is three short stories, a little anthology, um, all taking around the, these themes of uh, food, family, uh, transport, home. The the what what in China because the 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 basic tenets of life. You know what you need to be happy. And the animation is absolutely spectacular. It's some of the uh, among the best I've ever seen. It's just gorgeous. And the, the stories are pretty heartwarming, and and just you know they're, they're really just they're, they're these nice little stories that you know kind of just get to the point of of what they're they're trying to do with with the the theme. If it's if it's food, there's the one about you know there's this guy who keeps returning to this noodle bar that he grew up with, and you know it reminds him of of childhood. And uh, it, it's 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 pretty good stuff. It's worth checking out. I even heard of this one, so there you go. Um, next up, my number forty-six is uh, we go back to Japan. Japan's getting another point, uh, and it's our first Kurosawa on the on the board. Don't know if we t- take notes for directors either as well, but um, this is uh, the Hidden Fortress. This is one we did fairly recently, actually. Uh, this is the the one that inspired Star Wars and is arguably better than Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I must. It's, it's not. It's very good. But I'm just saying it to wind you up. I, I don't necessarily believe that per se, but no, it, if you believed it, it'd be higher on this list. There's some truth to that, but it is about the two bumbling, bumbling buffoons who end up with, uh, you know, Toshiro Mifune, who is protecting the princess, and it becomes this journey where they have to, you know, get through a hostile land to get to get back to safety. And it has this interesting perspective because these two idiots never really become heroes, they never want to like, you know, get get honourable, they're, they're kind of the same buffling idiots for the whole movie, and it, they, they kind of offer this neutral viewpoint, and it's only later on that we start to get more of the other characters, and they're all kind of from their central perspective, and they're always trying to scheme, they're always trying to run away and steal from them, they're always trying to be up to no good. So, it's one of his later films, uh, Kurosawa, it's very, it's very funny in places, um, but it, it is a lot of comedy in there. Yeah, but it, it does have some stuff to say as well. There's, there's some stuff to say about um, how nobility looks down upon the people. There's definitely some uh, meat in there as well if you go looking for it. So, uh, yeah, that's very good. Uh, a, lot, a lot of nice uh, visual gags as well, which I really appreciate, especially when you're watching a, a foreign language film. Visual gags translate well because they're visual and language is not a barrier. So, 
yeah and it's not a, any cultural references either which are often the cornerstone of comedy hmm. uh, these visual gags yeah, just bypass that entirely yep so uh, what's your number 45 uh, my number 45 so I've had two you know, pretty recent films there um, but now we're throwing it all the way back to 1922 for Nosferatu <laughs> right Germany's yeah. on the board <sighs> yeah yeah yeah, this is, you know, it's, it's basically Dracula. Just <laughs> no, no, it is different. Dracula. It's, it's like tweaks in, in names. It's just enough not to get sued, although they still got sued, but that's besides the point. <laughs> exactly. So legally, yeah, no. legally, it's Dracula. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> ba- basically, Dracula kind of covers that, right? Um, it's Dracula. Yeah, yeah, it is. But no, I, I think this is a an excellent version of Dracula, and that it, it's got such atmosphere to it, and uh, I, I love the the portrayal of. I don't know what they call him in this; I can't remember. But it's yeah, of Dracula. Or uh, uh, I, I Count it. Olaf. Or, or, or Olaf. No, that's Olaf. Yeah. What's Olaf? Yeah, Olaf is Olaf is series of unfortunate. That's events. right. It's Count Olaf. Yeah, that's <laughs> close enough, right? <laughs> what you're basically saying there is. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, yeah, basically Dracula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is is that Count Olaf is basically a very eccentric acting version of Dracula. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I can love it. I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, I, I really love this. Uh, the cinematography in particular I think is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the use of shadows. And shadows, the yeah. That, that's the first thing yeah. that comes to me when I think in Nosferatu 22 is the shadows. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's great. Uh, my number 45 Japan starting to pull ahead here Uh, now four points because my number 40 45 is Samurai 2 Duel at Ichijojo Temple Uh, the middle part of the trilogy this is the one that introduces the honourable but worldly adversary Uh, plays around with the the love elements of the story a little bit it's weird to talk about this one before uh, you know the one will necessarily show up a lot might on one of our lists but it's weird to talk about two without talking about one because you know all those things are set up in one but it is very much the middle part of a trilogy and it does a really great job of taking it further and moving all the stories forward a bit without feeling like it's not leaving anything for the third movie because I think one of the dangers with a middle movie in a trilogy is that there's a feeling that nothing's actually happened that it's just all set up and nothing's really paid off there is actually arcs for all the characters in this an impressive amount of characters get arcs in this uh, so mm. obviously we did this recently we'll be doing the third one soonish probably not too far from now yeah yeah within a month or so I'd imagine and yeah, yeah so but no Samurai 2 so you can get our full thoughts on that uh, by checking out the Samurai 2 review but uh, it's very 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 good uh, so what's your 44 my 44 is Fearless this is a Jet Li movie uh pretty sure it's Chinese mm-hmm. I'm counting China and Hong Kong as the same in this and don't at me my argument here is that often there'll be co-productions and secondly they're the same language we don't care enough we, we, we don't care enough that, that, eh, are they different are they not eh, politics Mandarin right it's going to be Mandarin right point for Mandarin point for Mandarin yes <laughs> yeah no, this is this is a, a a biopic of a of a, uh, a man who was he founded a, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was a, it was a federation of some sort with uh, martial arts. Can't remember the exact one. 
you know, it's been a while since I've seen it. Whatever. Um... <laughs> this belongs in my top 50. I don't remember it. No, no. But I it belongs in my top 50. Of the specific federation. Do you know what? Screw you. This is... <laughs> it's not that important. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it's that's like saying, you know, karate and judo. Does it really matter? Yes, they're from different countries. Okay, sure. But does it does it really matter? Oh, we'll find oh, there you go, look. Finally, it is the Jin Woo Sports Federation that that, that he was the founder of. You happy hey, now? Hey, I would I would like you away with not telling me, but you made a point of pointing out that you couldn't remember. It's been a long time. You you made an excuse for it. So you know what? I'm just gonna make you dig that hole deeper. That's what that is. You could have blasted past that. I wouldn't give it a shit. But I could have done, but it's it's too late for that now, isn't it? Okay. What's funny is I I remember seeing this as a teenager, and I remember not really liking it that much. But I, I can't tell you why. It's been too long. Really? Okay. No, it, it's it's a you know the it's this this martial arts master, and he has to you know uh, fight foreign fighters essentially. You know the, the, they have to come in from different countries, and it's it's about Chinese honor. And about you know what the the decisions he makes, in 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 the the spirit of martial arts instead of just you know country loyalty. Um, hmm. But I, I really like it. I think there's some some great action stuff in there. Um, hmm. Very enjoyable for me. Yeah, I, I watched that soon after another film because of the other film and was somewhat disappointed. But I can't really remember much about. Uh, was was the other film better? Much better. Is it going to show up later on your list? It will show up later on my list. It's f- I wonder if I've seen it or not. It's much, much, much better. Anyway, uh, that was your, what, 44? My number 44. Yes. Uh, Japan, getting another point for me, uh, with the original Jew on the Grudge, uh, swiping in here at 44. Um, this is obviously more of an anthology than the American remake. Although the American remake is actually a pretty solid remake, to be honest. Like, it's not a bad movie. The original doesn't go out of its way to explain too much, and it has some extra stories because the American one has this need to have a main character, so it kind of comes back round to a to a Sarah Michelle Gellar's character. Um, but it the Japanese one kind of sticks away from that, and it it has these separate stories that add to the overall sort of like the okay the the legend of the ghost and why why she's in the house. And but more importantly, um, how it spreads to different characters who who enter the house and why they enter the house. What, 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 you know, what, why does it spread to these various people? Everyone remembers the head under the covers scene. Uh, it's very very good. The noise they make. The uh, uh, yeah yeah. That I, love, I love that noise. It's very good because of that movie, obviously. It's very good, and of course, I can't mention the Buffy, re- uh, the the, the <laughs> Freudian slip there. I can't remember. The, I can't mention the Grudge remake uh, without mentioning Clea Duval, who you may not know this, but she was in the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, so, do you know what the worst part of that? Yeah, is? you've done that exact thing before, where you've gone, no, I'm not taking Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> not doing it. It's too easy. I'm better than that. I've gone with Clea Duval because she's less unknown. Yes. Ah, uh, dude. Also, uh, Sam Michelle Gellar's boyfriend in that movie was in the not-so-hit television show Roswell. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. Uh, 
that was a proper dig at that show. <laughs> no, I mean it wasn't a terrible show, but it's not it's not Buffy. <laughs> Come on not now. So it sounds like yeah, okay, it's pretty shit. I got three that's, seasons. That's what, that's what I translate that to in you know when you say it. I got three seasons. It did okay. Catherine Hegel's career was launched out of it. The moderately successful show. <laughs> yes, there you go. Moderate, moderately successful show as well. <laughs> but yeah, Joe on the Grudge is a really solid ghost story. Um, there's not, like I say, there's a good bit of mystery to it, but it does explain just enough to explain... Because the whole premise of the Grudge, of course, is that something awful happened that, that created the curse. And it's kind of revealed over the course of the film what that was uh, but it's really really creepy moments typically I'll criticise films where it feels like it's just a, a string of separate stories or scenes for creepy moments to happen but the creepy moments in this are done so goddamn well that I'm like you know what it's fine it's fine let's just let's see how yeah. let's see how this same ghost affects multiple different people who come in contact in some way with the house and that's what the movie is uh, it's very very good uh, much like The Ring <laughs> now the American remake's okay but all of the sequels, both to the Japanese and the American one, both suck. Right? They're terrible. I assume you're including the crossover in this as well. Oh, that wasn't too bad. I mean, that's probably the best one. Out of the st- if you're going to count that as a sequel, that's the best one. But mostly because it's like batshit insane and wacky. So therefore it's kind of okay yeah. in that way. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, like John 2 The Grudge was rough shit. And then Grudge 2 US was really, really bad. Grudge 3 was, like, slightly better in the sense that it was just, it felt like a really mediocre direct-to-video movie, but it wasn't good. Like, you know. Mm, fair enough. But there you go. Uh, what's your number 40, 43? 43. Oh, back to something more recent. We've got uh, Blade of the Immortal. Ah, that's so, another, another point for Japan, right? Yeah, yeah. Takeshi Miki, once again, as his second film on the, on the scoreboard. Yes, yes it is. Uh, we we covered this start of this year maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like February time, March maybe. Yeah, it was when we were doing catch up for last year. Yeah. So yeah, if you want your know, full thoughts, you can, you can go and check that out. But this has a it's such a great pace. That, I mean that it's it's structured like a video game. That's why I hesitated with the villainess because we did this in the villainess back to back, and one was Japanese and one was Korean, and that's why I paused. Okay, okay. I had to stop and think about which one was which. No, okay, I'm with you. Yeah, no, this has got a great pace of, of it, it's it's kind of structured like a video game in that, okay, there's there's sub-bosses and you're working your way up to the big boss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's some, some great action sequences, some great, a good variety of, of different weapons as well. And yeah, some yeah. just bashy, insane things. And the fight scenes get pretty uh, bloody in a couple of cases. There's one one fight scene in particular that ends with a really brutal death. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I'll just say against the tree. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It says a lot that you know, I knew exactly which one you were talking about. Oh, damn pretty right, memorable. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got, it's got uh, that classic uh, thing as well where it's just the disgruntled samurai with the young girl, and she's like, "Oh, I believe in something." He's like, "I don't believe in anything." <laughs> Like I hate everything. Yeah, it's 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 got a bit of heart to it, hasn't it? That that kind of makes it more than just some action. I, I don't know. I mean, someone can translate it for me, but it really should have been called "The Last of Us," but in Japanese. I I can't argue with that. 
Yes, 43, my number my number 43. Uh, something a little bit different, uh, and a point for Italy here with this one. Where's my Italy box? There is. Uh, this is Zombie 2, a.k.a. Zombie, a.k.a. Zombie Flesh Eaters, depending on, <laughs> depending on where on. you are. How can it be Zombie or Zombie 2? Oh, I love explaining this. So... You were waiting for me to ask, weren't you? So, so here's the thing. So this is an Italian film, right? And in Italy, it's called Zombie 2. Because in Italy, Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie. This is an unofficial sequel to, to Dawn of the Dead in Italy. So it's called Zombie 2. Uh, in the US, well, there's no Zombie 1, so it's just Zombie. Okay, sure. And then the UK title is Zombie Flesh Eaters. To make matters even worse, they made a sequel to this in Italy. And obviously called Zombie Three. They took that to the US. Well, we'll just call Not it Zombie, zombie Three. Two. No, no, we'll call it Zombie Three. So in the US, you get Zombie and Zombie Three. There's no Zombie Two. Um, oh, that hurts me. I, I, yeah. I'm just just thinking of those <laughs> next to each other on my shelf. That hurts. And then um, the UK title though did the smart thing, called it Zombie Flesh Eaters Two. Um, and then oh, oh, I want that version. And then Zombie. Then there was a Zombie Four. Which is Zombie 4 in the US. So in the US, so Zombie, Zombie 3, and Zombie 4. And then that was Zombie Flesh Eaters 3 in the UK. So there's, there's your history of titles there. Uh, this this comes up, every time this movie comes up, especially with someone who doesn't know the history of it, <laughs> this question comes up. I, I had to ask, and I kind of regret it, but <laughs> what I learned is that us Brits do things properly. <laughs> so so this is, this is, this is, this is Italian, this is Lucio Fulci. Uh, directing this and he this is the infamous zombie film where a zombie fights a shark and it's notable because it's a real shark and they shot it by sedating a shark and having like the stunt actor and zombie makeup actually go for it not not in every shot like some of the shots is not a real shark but there's a there's a lot of actual real shark with a person like more than you should really should be you can tell us it's a foreign film they don't have the same regulations at the time as other places did it was like yeah just do it yeah just do it (laughs) jump in with a shark um so it's a really interesting sequence but it's got really cool synth music because it's you know it's uh it's 1979 italian it's got that kind of kind of score to it um, the characters make really absurd decisions, but there's so many like big money moments. There's like there's a, a wood splinter in an eye at one point because the, these zombies do this weird thing where they 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 kind of use tools a little bit more than what you'd think a, a typical zombie doing. Um, where they'll they'll try and like kill you with something or push you into something, you know, as a way to kill you rather than just biting you. Although that's still ultimate their aim is to eat you, but. Um, I should hope so, the zombies still but uh, now great practical effects the zombies look fantastic uh, really slick style uh, great pacing to it, great death and gore scenes Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the most schlocky films I've got on my list but uh, it's, it's got a legacy for a reason, this is a big you know, people who like their horror movies this this typically shows up on their, on their lists in there so yeah there you go Fair enough. I wasn't. Uh, I think that might be the first one that I've, I've not been familiar with at all. Really, never heard of that. Never heard of. No. Okay. I mean, I've heard of the, the the zombie shark thing, but none of the rest of that. I, I never, I never heard of. That's surprising. All right. What's your forty-two? Yeah. Uh, forty-two. Ah. Oh. So now we got the first time that we have a repeat, because uh, this is where I have Hidden Fortress. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you know, you kind of covered it all already. And we swear by it recently. Uh, what I will say is, this mo- is 
might probably wouldn't have made my list if we hadn't rewatched it recently because I liked it more this time. And oh, right. yeah, it's still relatively low on my list, but uh, I mean, it's nice that it's here. Okay, cool. Um, this show, and, uh, by the way, is brought to you by Skittles. So it's it's really not. Go, go get a bag of Skittles. I'll I'll accept my check. Skittles I, I Incorporated. Wish, I wish it was brought by Skittles. We Skittles, we will take the money. <laughs> yes, we will. It's brought by Skittles. In fact, you can pay us in Skittles. Yeah. No, I want money. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work up to that. We'll take Skittles first. <laughs> Skittles. <laughs> what Skittles. we do is what we'll do is we'll take Skittles for a bit, mm -hmm. and when they realise, hang on, we're getting a real sales boost from them, we can go look. Now we want the cash. Okay. Um, I was just spacing up your head in Fortress since we already talked about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> spacing up with skills. Uh, my number 42, uh, go back to Japan. Oh, Japan's racking up points now. Not that I'm surprised, but... Uh, so this is Three Outlaw Samurai. Uh, this is this is a notable one because like, I feel like, okay, most samurai films I think of Japan of the 50s, 60s era or Kurosawa, right? But obviously there's the trilogy, which isn't. And then there's a couple of other random ones that aren't. And this is one where, you know, I got the Criterion Blu-ray at some point. I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. Is it good? But, you know, it's not Kurosawa, so does it have the same prestige? Is it, what is it? Actually, upon looking it up earlier when I was just uh, fact-checking something, it turns out it was actually kind of a weird spin-off of a TV show in Japan. It's completely standalone. Like, I, I didn't know this when I watched it. You know, but apparently it's connected to a TV show. Uh, but it's, um... Basically, these peasants like kidnap the daughter of this, uh, no, you know, the the local, you know, lord or whatever, and they they kidnap her not to do anything bad, but because he's been so cruel to them with these taxis and how he treats them, and they're not even being mean to her. They've just got her in a, sh a, a shed, and it's like, hey, we just want we're just wanting him to put in the taxis. He's he's being too corrupt and evil. We want better conditions. So, but they're not they're not mad. They're not like uh, bad to her. Uh, and this wandering samurai uh, kind of wanders in here. And two samurai from the Lord come as well. And they kind of all end up siding with the peasants. And they essentially prote protect them. And the Lord sends like armies and armies. And they're, they, they, those three samurai fight them off and like protect the, the peasants. It's really good. It's really exciting. It all builds up. It's got one simple plot. It's solid. Great fight scenes. I highly recommend it. This was right. this from the sixties, sixty four. I want to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds sounds cool. Yeah. No, I recommend it. Uh, what's your forty one? Uh, my forty one is Ip Man, uh, which is I want to say Chinese again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So this is a this is a Donnie Yen movie, and uh, it's kind of, kind of similar to to Fearless in that this is uh, another biopic of a uh, you know someone who was you know big in in. In, in martial arts at the time, you know, become you know, founder of another you know, school of martial arts, that sort of thing. And uh, this one is set a bit of a different direction, though. Uh, this one is set during the the Japanese invasion of, of China, like you know the thirties. And uh, he basically he he is a, a, a challenger. You know, he's a you know he's not a teacher yet, but he's respected as like you know the best martial artist in the village, you know, in the area. Mm -hmm. But he's not a teacher, even though he probably should be. And then the invasion comes along, and he has to stop doing the martial arts and become, you know, become a, a worker to, you know, support his family uh, during you know, this this total time. And during this time, he then learns to he, he becomes a teacher, and he you know, starts teaching the workers at the the factory 
uh, in, for self-defense ag against the the invading Japanese, and it kind of learns you know what it is to to you know pass on and you know, be a teacher and become you know just a, you know a better person basically. Hmm. Yeah, so no, obviously I've heard good. of this one. I've never seen it. This. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's one of those things that I remember when I was buying a lot of DVDs in my teens. I remember it was always kind of on the the world cinema shelf, right? It was always yeah. there when I was browsing, and I just never grabbed it for whatever reason. So. No, it's good. It's worth a watch. One day. One day. I'll get around to it. It'll be a thing. Uh, my number 41, and I'd love to have put this at 21, but, you know, <laughs> it just wasn't that high. But this is The Murderer Lives at 21. Because um, that had been funny. I was wondering what this was going to be then. Well, after, well, the 90s list, my sixth sense, like, just happened to fall on number six. And I didn't even mean that. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it's funny. Uh, at the end of every month in our Facebook group, just search from Alphas on Facebook, come and join us. Uh, we post a, a thread for the watch log of, of, you know, oh, here are all the movies I watched this month. Yes. And turns out The Seventh Seal was the seventh movie I watched, which was a, just a funny coincidence. And mm -hmm. then you noticed something similar, right? Yeah, it was... Because I always separate... Whenever, whenever I'm looking at what I watched in a month and I'm posting my list, I separate my new watches and my rewatches, and Seventh Seal was seventh on my rewatch list. Yeah. But I only checked it once you said I was like, Where, where's it in mine? I was like, oh, it's, it's also yeah, seven. Because I, I number mine as we're going through, uh, just so, so I can keep track of how many I did. Mm. Um, and, and that's how I, it, it just stuck out to me. And it was just a fun coincidence. Yeah. Uh, so Murder Loves at 21 is my, is my number 41. And that is a French film. Right, I just I was like, we had a French film yet. I just I couldn't find France on my page. We've not had France in a while. Uh, so this is uh, from Henry Georges Clouseau, um, who's the director I discovered. Again, this was basically just by buying Criterion Blu-rays, and I took a chance on a couple of his other films. Uh, and after I liked you him a lot, you definitely had a problem at one point in your life, didn't you? What with Criterion Blu-rays? Yeah, yeah, just buying them on a whim. No, there might have been a period from 2010 to about 2013 where I spent an unhealthy amount of money on Criterion Blu-rays. <laughs> like, really unhealthy. Because uh, they're expensive. It's not like they're cheap. So, no, no, they're not. But hey, I did discover a lot of fantastic films through it. Uh, you know, as, as we'll see as we're going yeah. through this uh, and how many of them have Criterion releases. But this is um, this is a more of a jokey film like his films are t usually really tense and really really good at, at suspense this is ha does have some suspense but it's a bit more quippy and jokey and light hearted it's, um, they, there's evidence to suggest that this murderer lives at this, not this 21 on the street which is a boarding house with several tenants in it and the detective, the, the PI goes undercover as a, as a priest to just like, you know, spy on everyone and try and figure out who the killer is but his girlfriend's also kind of getting in the action and trying to help and it's kind of this you know, wacky comedy, almost, not too wacky but like just enough you know, jovialness to it that it's not super serious uh, but it's very delightful, um, out of the three films I've seen from this director it is the weakest, so I mean, I, I guess that kind of spoils the two of my other entries coming two up two more popping up somewhere, yeah. but it's still fantastic. Like uh, I, it's as well as things where I, I really need to check out like, the other films that he's done. Uh, these are the ones that all had criterion releases. Maybe there's been one since then. I've not been keeping track as much in the last couple of years, but uh, very, very good. I, I would recommend it. So that is the murderer. Murderer lives at twenty-one to say it properly. Uh, what's your number forty? Uh, my number forty. This is uh, Grave of the Fireflies. So Japan. it's a for Japan. It's, yeah. the, it's the first of the, the Ghibli movies to show up on my list. 
which you know spoilers there's going to be a couple more <laughs> <laughs> not not really that surprising if you know my taste though yeah uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah no um this this is a beautiful movie um it's it's gorgeous uh, you know the, the the fireflies in particular stand out in the animation uh it's it's set in world war Two towards the end and it's you know there's a an americans you know firebond japan and these two young children get separated from their parents and it's about them you know just tr- struggling to survive on their own and, and try and get you know what, what to do and how to get back to the family and it's it's heartbreaking uh, but it's it's a uh, it's pretty great mm. i have seen this one um i don't remember a ton i remember the basic premise i remember the the, the two mm. brothers you know you know, striving and traveling. And... There's a brother and sister. Or is a brother and sister? Younger one's sister. Yeah. Younger one's sister. Okay, uh, but and I, I I remember that, but I don't remember the whole. Thing. I remember it being good enough, but I don't. Clearly, it didn't leave a, a lasting didn't... impression on me. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair enough. Um, my number forty. Uh, going back to the samurai trilogy, just is samurai one Musashi Miyamoto, which I have a little bit higher than the 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 the, the, the second one. Uh, so that's that's now ten for Japan. Just to keep everyone on track, that's number that's point number ten for Japan. Uh, ten out of like twenty. Yes, that's half of them so far. Is Japan? Hey, what can I say? Japan makes good movies. So that's that's the thing. Uh, so yeah, so Samurai One. I love how again how simple it is and uh, and how it is just the origin story of of Masashi. You know, he's got a different name to begin with. It's about him and his friend and them going off to fight in the war, even though they're they they have these expectations of they're going to be these heroes, and then it turns out war's really hard, and they have to learn humility and maybe become something better. Um, and it's one of these rare things where I actually think that the romance like subplots actually aid the storytelling and the character progression because it's part it of it, does, it's yeah. built into what the character is like learning and going through and how he's balancing that with his life. So, um, and I actually root for multiple of the you know multiple characters, not just the main character. I, I root for Otsu. I, I root for you know so on. Uh, so. And that was Soon, not a character called Soon. Uh, just, just to clarify that. Um, but yeah, so Samurai One was actually me. Like I said, we did this about two months ago. Um, so you can go check out our thoughts on Samurai One and Two uh, in depth. And like we say, three will be coming up in the near future. So I'll leave what, that there. What intrigues me for the rest of this list is I, I've not seen three yet. Yes, that's that's why we're doing them. Is you know, I I thought, hey, I've had these sitting around. I want to watch them. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do it now. If three pops up later on your list, mm-hmm. that might leave me excited to get to that because I've I've liked them progressively more each time. Uh, if as you can see, if you watch the, the reviews, so it'll be interesting if if you like three even more or again. Like okay, uh, where's that going? Yeah, and if I don't, it means that I like them progressively worse with each one. It does, yeah. Which you know. Maybe that's a good sign for me because I, I thought two was better than one. <laughs> so if I'm just going in the opposite direction, right? What's your number forty, Carter? Uh, it's a, it's another strike for Japan. Oh. Uh, it's it's a Jew on the Grudge, which obviously you already spoke about quite a bit. Um, but yeah, th- this is uh, one one of the first horror movies that really stuck with me. Um, that that sound in particular stuck with me for days. Wasn't this the first foreign film you've watched? Yeah, it was. This this was one that I just watched <laughs> late at night on TV because I was channel hopping and it was on. I went, oh, go on then. Interestingly, my first foreign film ever is also on my list. I'll mention that when we get to it. But Yeah, yeah. 
but uh, you know it, it holds a soft spot because you know it was the first one, right? Mm. Um, but I do I do think it's very good, and that has been reaffirmed because you also mentioned it. So it, it's 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 at least respectable enough that I'm not just you know going oh hey it was the first one I saw. Yeah, notably so far, um, the only repeats have been you saying films that I've already had lore higher up. No, it is. No, we'll we'll see. We'll yeah. see if any f- flipping happens. I mean, it's probably bound to once we get higher up, but just maybe curious. towards the top. Yeah. yeah. Just curious, curious. Um. So that was your number thirty-nine, right? Yeah. My number thirty-nine is one that we actually also did in, in flux. One that Cor didn't like as much, and that is the Man from London, uh, the Bella Tar film. Yeah. No, no spoilers, but this ain't on my list. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Um. So this is. Uh. I, I mean, actually, it's. Well, I mean, this one's kind of weird. This this was like attributed to like four countries, but. The director's Hungarian, and his other films are Hungarian, so... You just wanted to count it, didn't you? What, what do you mean? For this list, you just wanted it to count. But to be fair, like when I say it was like four countries, most of them were foreign. <laughs> they are, they are. <laughs> It wasn't like it was, oh, it's UK, uh, Australia, and Canada, oh, and, and Hungary. <laughs> you now, know. Let's be honest, if that was the case... You'd have still put this on here, not necessarily. You found a way. I would, no, have ex- would I would have accepted the ruling. I would have accepted the ruling. Uh, so I, I guess Hungary. That can go next to Poland, but it's one measly point. Yeah, might be all they both get, to be honest. But Man from London is black and white. It is super atmospheric. It is lots of long moving camera shots. It is a few very key musical cues that play at key moments, and. It's very rhythmic in how it plays. I, I, what I love about his films is that I love that it just lets the moment sink in. It'll let like a character stand there and just soak something in as music plays for a good minute before he moves. Sometimes five minutes. Um, so it's very art house. So that, that will very much dictate whether or not it's something that you would be into. It's the sort of thing that I know Matt would hate. <laughs> so I wouldn't make Matt watch yeah. it. But uh, if you're in art house, I'd give it a try. It, it was a little frustrating that I didn't like it because it is the sort of thing I I can find myself enjoying. You know mm-hmm. that the, the the reasons why you know Matt would hate it is not at all the reasons I don't like it. Yeah, I just, just didn't do it yeah. for me. And the premise, just because uh, I didn't really say that, the premise is that a train worker um, finds a suitcase of money and keeps it for himself, but the criminals who 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 obviously belongs to come looking for it. And they come searching, and basically the noose sort of tightens around him as he's trying to like enjoy his money uh, on his family and uh, with his family and stuff like that. Uh, so that, that's the basic premise. But uh, I'll tell you this: the opening like fifteen twenty minutes are some of the the, the best quiet single shot filmmaking. Um, it's probably probably the best part of the movie. Of recent years, I'd probably agree with that, and I, I like the whole movie. But I would probably agree the opening like ten fifteen minutes is like. The, the the top top of the top of the chain. Yeah, because I, I was quite into it in that opening bit. It just kind of lost me as I went through it. So yeah. So what's your number thirty eight? My number thirty eight is is also something we have covered on Influx in the past, mm-hmm. and that is the Exterminating Angel. Now, I think that was French, is it Spanish, or Mexican. Was it Spanish? I'm sure it was in Spanish. You're probably I'm right. We're gonna have to check this one. I'm probably just misremember. I'll look it up. You. Explain yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure it was Spain or Mexico. I'm not entirely certain. Um, the extent is, it's, it's a bunch of you know upper class people 
get stuck in a room. You know, they're around for a dinner party, and they just find that they can't leave. Uh, they don't really know why. They just kind of like, what's what's going on here? And it's it's just this study of how they descend into into kind of madness and you know just what happens when these people are stuck in a room together and all the social graces ultimately you know vanish because of course they do when they're just stuck in a room together for an extended period of time. It's and like it's like a horror fantastic. movie. Um, and it is, yeah. The reason why I say that because it's not actually a horror movie, but it's like a horror movie in that when you think of like Night of the Living Dead, you think of the Mesh, you think of any of these films. It's people trapped in a in a location, and it's the the, the way society breaks down and how it's, it represents society as a whole. It, it deals with that, and it's got kind of those things yeah. going for it. This is a, a fantastic bottle movie. Yes, a bottle movie. It's a very good bottle movie. Very interesting. It is. Um, where, where was it from? Uh, Mexico. And the ending is uh, very open to interpretation. You kind of have to sort of think about it and think about what it means yourself. It doesn't give and- you an answer. Yeah, I found the ending to be quite exciting in the possibilities that it was suggesting. Hmm. Uh, so that's, that's cool. That's cool. That's The Exterminating Angel. Uh, my number 38 is the first foreign film that I ever saw. Um, I bought the DVD at a supermarket. Um, I, think, I think it's funny that my first foreign film was 39, yours is 38. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's also a Japanese film, so I'll, I'll give that a little, little tick. Um, so this was I had been kind of building up to watching some foreign movies I was I mean I think I'd have been about 14 and I hadn't really seen any yet and I wanted to I wanted to try it I was like oh I was I was really getting into films at that time I was starting to like I, I like how you made a conscious decision yeah I was just like oh this is on TV and it's 2 in the morning why not I was trying to seek out classics and stuff at that time and I wanted to get into foreign movies and I got a cheap DVD of the original Japanese Dark Water which is in the same director of The Ring Hideo Nakata uh yeah, in a car. Yeah, um, and it is again. It's a supernatural movie. Uh, so you get your scary ghost, but it's it's very much about a mother trying to protect her daughter and uh, or her son, nothing actually. Um, and it's 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 full of like long dark hallways. It's you know the entire thing is that there's water dripping down from above and there's something on the building and she can't quite find what it is. Um, but there's something more sinister happening. It is a slow burning atmosphere. Um, but it stuck with me. It always has stuck with me. Um, and yeah, there's a, a little bit of a special sort of place there because it's the first foreign movie I ever saw. And I kind of, I kind of fell in love with it because I think one of the things about watching foreign films that's so good is you kind of there's something really interesting about watching a film made in a fairly different culture. It feels a, a little bit more alien to you. And I think for horror especially, that adds to an extra kind of... I mean, hell, that's something that the Grudge remake played with because they had they still said it in Japan. So they had the fact that the characters fell out of place and fell out of yeah, a different I mean, culture as part of the plot. I, I think that this is something that, that horror has relied on for, you know, as long as it's been around, is the unknown is scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you're, not, you're not necessarily scared by different cultures, but the idea that you don't really know, there's that uncertainty... So it's easy to play up that fear through that. Yeah, and of course it's made for a Japanese audience, so that's not even a factor for them. But but for us. Yeah. But yeah, it adds this extra little layer, and it was it was just it was interesting seeing that for the first time, and it's something I'm just used to doing now because I watch a lot of foreign movies. But and I remember that feeling like just kind of oh, this is interesting and different. It looks different to like a Hollywood movie. It feels different. Um, and yeah. that was kind of exciting but uh, Dark Water is very good and has some creepy moments and I do like it more than the original Ring I think it's a tighter overall plot um, although the Ring does have the big showy ending that everyone remembers it for and why it became like, the huge thing I never saw the remake with Jennifer Connelly never cared to 
I'm good. I don't think anyone really blames you for that. Yeah. One. Uh, what's your 37? Uh, my 37 is another Ghibli movie. This is uh, Howl's Moving Castle. So this one is, you know, a young woman gets cursed by a witch to be, you know, you know an old an old lady's body, and she's got to go seek out, you know, this this attractive young wizard to to try and fix her. And, and so, the, the Joe's funny. Wizard. I know I've seen this, but none of this plot sounds remotely familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the wizard, Howl, happens to live in a castle that's on legs because cyberpunk. Well, Steve yes, I, I vaguely recall the castle moving, but that's about. It. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because steampunk reasons and magic, and, and you know why not? And you know, it's 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 it just becomes a bit of a romance story between them, and you know, uh, it's about you know accepting you know appearance, not not being just a bitch about someone's appearance, mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things, inner beauty, all, all that you know the usual stuff that you get in those. But I really like it. I I, th- I think it's a blast. I think it just it's 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 really fun, and uh, its core premise is quite simple. And I think that's to its advantage because it lets things like the castle and you know the 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 great designs really shine through. Yeah, um, my number thirty-seven is actually uh, well, I think it's Hong Kong, uh, but it's uh, Raise the Red Lantern, um, which is a Zhang Yimou film. Um, and I saw I, I, I look for this because uh, it was one of his big films from the past. After I, I saw some of his newer stuff. And really like this. This one's a more of a romantic drama, and this lord, certainly in the nineteen twenties, I want to say, and this lord gets a new wife. This is his fourth wife, and she's very young, nineteen, I think. And the idea is that each night he picks what which of the fourth four wives he's going to spend the evening with, and he and they put a, they hang a red lantern outside whatever because they all have their own little houses essentially inside the castle, and he's of course more obsessed with the younger one. And the film deals with a lot of the themes of that. There's like infighting with the wives. There's like these jealous sort of rivalries. And the new wife isn't really like wanting to like having fighting with anyone, but she's hated as soon as she arrives. And it's kind of dealing with a lot of those relationships and the the, the tension that comes out of that. A bit of a social commentary on some of these issues, using this you know as a as a vessel to sort of tell that story. Um, very beautiful. It's very touching in places. Uh, it's very deliberate, de- deliberately paced. If I can say that properly, and um, yeah, it's just a really good drama. So it's good, really, that's the thing. Like so many of these movies were, you know, got horror movies and samurai movies and these big action movies and creepy movies, and this is just a really solid, well acted, well directed drama with a really strong script. So hmm. raise the red line. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I give that the point already. That yeah, okay, right. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So what is your uh, 30, 36? 36. Oh, uh, this is sympathy for Mister Vengeance. Oh, aye. Which I have a suspicion. If no, if nothing else that I've mentioned shows up, <laughs> I feel like this will probably show up higher on your list. Uh huh. I'll be surprised if if it doesn't get a mention, given that you know what I know of your tastes. Uh, but you know, this is this is a you know, Ch- Chanwood Park. And this is Korean, obviously. And this is a it's it's a you know vengeance is in the title, but obviously revenge is a huge theme. And this is you know a man who gets laid off from work, is fired, and he needs to get a kidney transplant for his sister. And in revenge, she's like, "Well, we need a kidney, so let's kidnap the 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 guy who's just fired me, his daughter." And naturally things go horribly wrong because that's the point of these movies and it is 
sickening to your stomach at points and very it's it's gripping and thrilling it is a really neat thing where you really get both sides of the story you, you, you feel sympathy on both sides and that's kind of how the movie works that's why it's called sympathy for mr vengeance you understand why both did what they did and you get both sides of the story um yeah, it's, it's excellent. It's excellent. And I think one of the things that I love about Korean cinema is so shown in this movie, so dis- well displayed in this movie, is that they're really good at having these like weird tones that I can't imagine any Hollywood-produced movie having. This No, this gives you a feeling in the pit of your stomach that you just, I've never seen in, in a Hollywood movie. Not even, not even just that from the, the darker stuff, but even, even the way it'll shift to like some sort of weird, quirky comedy moment. Like the the entire yeah. overall tone is just different. It's unique, and that's what's kind of that's part of why I'd always recommend checking out foreign films because no, see what different people in different parts of the world can make because you get these vastly different experiences that, and ultimately the things they're talking about are the same. Like we're still dealing with the same themes that we deal with in all the movies, but they yeah. do it in completely unique and different and refreshing ways. But uh yeah so that was your 36 my number 36 is also a korean film so hey look at that korea getting another point this is the man from nowhere this is an action thriller this is this ex-operative who was this badass of what he does is just trying to live a quiet life and he's friends with this little girl who's sort of in the same apartment building and her mother though is a is a, involved with drug smuggling and she steals drugs from the 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 corporation not a corporation that's not the right word the the organization she, the, the criminal organization that she works for and basically she hides the drugs with him and he doesn't know that and then the bad guys kidnap both her and the daughter and say hey we'll let them go if you like you know make a drop for us so he kind of does it reluctantly but then the mom turns up dead and he's like, okay, the daughter's in danger. So he becomes the ultimate badass to try and get her back because he cares. It's, you know, a simple action movie. He needs to save the kid. You know, it's simple 101. But it's really well shot and directed. The action scenes are fantastic. They really sell him as this silent, complete badass. Um, really, really good. Um, not that the shooting style is the same way, but it's the sort of thing where this could easily have been a John Wick movie. Like, this could have easily been John Wick 3 or 4 or whatever, like, you know. Had the plot not built up in John Wick 2, what 3 is going to be. You know what I mean? Like, Who cares? He's riding a horse in John Wick 3. <laughs> that, what I'm saying is, this, this could have easily been John Wick 1, the plot, had it not been the dog. No, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, super well done. This came out in 2010. Um, very impressive. Uh, does some really exciting stuff towards the end. Uh, I highly recommend it. So, what's your 35? 35 is uh, your Jimbo. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so another point for Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Racking them up, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, one of the the most simple Kurosawa movies, I'd say. Uh, you know, you you have a samurai comes to town, two gangs. Hey, let's pit them against each other. Yeah, also known as a fistful of yen. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, this is that was a good one, joke, though. damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I was just yeah. For those who don't know, it was loosely remade into a fistful of dollars, the Clint Eastwood movie, right? That's that's what the joke was. Yeah, no, but it's it's very good, and it's it's one of the tightest Kurosawa movies. It's on the shorter side, if I recall. It's definitely under two hours. Um, but you know, some great action as as to be expected. I mean, Perfume does a you know great job as always. It's it's still a Kurosawa movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a 
it's 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 one of, it's really fun in, in a different way to, to Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress is fun in a comedic sense. Uh, Yojimbo is more fun in just a, an action sense. Yeah, although that said, I would say that uh, Mifune's character is actually kind of similar in a lot of ways. And the say, and the way that he'll just come come in silently and just like observe and try and be peaceful about things, and then other people will provoke him into the action. And then he, of course, he's you know he's 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 Sanjuro, yeah, which is the name of the sequel, yeah. which is notable because yes. Kurosawa didn't exactly do a lot of sequels, but this got a sequel. It did get a sequel, yeah, yeah. So, uh, now your Jimbo's great. I love your Jimbo. It's a good movie. So. Mm. Uh, my number 35, uh, I'm going with this is uh, Hong Kong. This is an Zhang Yimou film, actually. This is The House of Flying Daggers um, from 2004. Um, and this is a very pretty film that stuck out to me. It's got really good music, uh, it's got really great fight scenes, but there's some really stunning sequences in like fields. And there's one in particular in a bamboo forest. Uh, mm. Really standout moments, very sort of. Uh, sort of beautiful and tranquil even though it's like you know action sequences um really exciting at the time when when this hit and like i say i mean this would have been quite quick I, you can tell that after dark water i started watching a lot of foreign films quite quickly because this was like the year later and yeah. um, but that's get them in me and it's not like that was the second one i watched there was a lot of movies before i got to this one uh but yeah really good really good um really exciting uh and there's a nice little twist in it as well this little twist, what you know, one one character finds out that the person he's protecting there's something about her that he thought that wasn't quite true the entire time. There's a lot going on. So, what's your thirty-four? Thirty-four. I've lost track where I am on the list. Uh, ah, there we go. Uh, Spirited Away. So, yeah, back to Ghibli again. A bit of a cluster of them around this, you know, thirties to to you know, mid thirties to mid forties range. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to tell you how many Japan's got now. I'm going to wait until the end of the the video and it's, it's going to be way too many. Let's give you a honest. rundown of all the all the countries so far. Oh, are we doing that at the end of this part as well? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a, a end of part one update. Okay, okay, that's cool. I mean, viewers, you could be keeping track yourself. Do some work. <laughs> so no, it's kind of just sad what Pete is doing. Let's be honest. But no, spirited away. You know, young girl. You know, she moves home. Yeah, they move to to to, to the to the city suburbs, I guess, and you know, gets you know, finds herself in in, in another world entirely. And you know, it's all these you know, these spirits and demons. And it is is very much about you know how to cope with moving at a young age because you know you 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 lose all your friends. You know, it's it's a completely different environment. Um, the the only thing that really stays the same is your family, right? And it's. That, that's something I went through. I moved at a young age. Um, I didn't move that you know drastically. I didn't move city or anything, but I moved schools. And you know, I did, you know, so all of a sudden it's like, okay, here's all these new people. You know, make friends all over again. You know, every, everyone's already got their friends, right? How when you move in the, into the middle of a you know a, of a school life cycle, and you know, so it's it's, it's integration. It's kind of weird, and you, you know, you lose all all the friends that you had before. You you don't you don't necessarily get to speak to them as much. I mean. You do now because Facebook, but get to your goddamn point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was saying. So this one, uh, it, it it stuck with me more than a lot of the other Ghibli movies in that 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 it felt uh, I get a bit of a I, I could relate to it a little bit more than than some of the others that I've mentioned. I'd say, and it's again, it's it's beautiful, and it's it's heartwarming by the end. Hmm. I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah, it, seemed, it was it was good from what I remember, but uh... yeah. 
Yeah, that didn't blow me away as it did you clearly, but yeah. Uh, my number thirty-four. Uh, I actually have that's two in a row. I've got for uh, Hong Kong is um is Chongqing Express. Uh, that showed that showed up in my nineties list actually. This is a an anthology romantic drama uh, split in two, and there's a little connection between the two, but not much. Like it's mostly and both like, the male characters in both stories are cops who have either one's been dumped, one's had his his partners died, and it's about kind of finding romance and dealing with the 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 you know the rebound the the aftermath of the breakup or the or the death and and moving on. Like can they move on? Is there is there hope to move on? Um, and fleeting possible romances that might happen to each of them, sort of, in very short, you know, times, you know, spans of time. Um, but it's very beautiful. Uh, the visuals are fantastic. Like going around the city, uh, like there's a lot of you know bright, you know, city lights. There's a lot of like really touching moments. Um, a lot of atmosphere, which you know, in a romantic drama, I wouldn't necessarily associate that with atmosphere usually. But this is this is no. filled to the brim of atmosphere. Um, and I really appreciate that. It's, it's the kind of thing where the story is there a vehicle for a a tone poem almost, but not not that it's like a, an abstract thing by any means. It's not, but it, like it's kind of there to like gauge you through these feelings as opposed to being like, oh, this intricate plot that is going to like give you shocks and twists and turns. But it's mm. really solid, really well made. Uh, uh, work on why. I did this last time I brought it up actually I couldn't remember the the because Chinese names you say them you know backwards backwards but kind they're, of. they're not always written backwards so just just to correct myself live I'm just going to get the name up and actually say it uh, properly yeah so but no it's very good it's very very atmospheric very no it sounds pretty good uh, I mean I, I'm sure I've said this when you've mentioned it yeah. before. Yeah, Carwai uh, um, Wong like the is the name of the director. Carwai Wong. Um, so, yeah, he's done he's done a lot of like romantic dramas and stuff. But this this is the one for me that stuck out of the ones that I've seen. Um, this is the one that's, that spoke to me the most, I think, out of all of them. But yeah, so what is your number thirty three? Yes. Yeah, uh, we're we're back to Japan, back to Kurosawa. Uh, this is Rashomon. Um. We haven't we haven't covered this one yet actually because um, we've, we've not done many. It, was hidden? No, Hidden Fortress wasn't the first one we did, was it? No, it was the second first samurai one though. First samurai one, but yeah, second yeah. overall. Yeah, but no, Rashomon. This is you know this is the famous one of, of okay. Here's all the, the the same story from the different points of view and you know the the, the truth being subjective kind of you know and how things change based on perception and. It's been, you know, parodied and done to hell in the decades since. You've you've certainly seen some version of this, even if you haven't seen this one. Although you should see this one because it's great. Most likely, you've seen a TV show do an do an episode like this. Yeah, a lot of them have done it. Yeah, some better than others. Mm-hmm. But you know, this 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 holds up, and it's it's a, it's a simple premise like i say and it, but it gets a lot out of it and it mines a lot of, of really nice little nuance reveals that you learn as you peel away the layers as you go through the movie my number 33 is a korean film back to korea korea's starting to shop a lot for me actually uh this is um the i saw the devil which is a very intense film so it's, it's another revenge film korea seems to have a thing about revenge very good uh, but this, I wonder if it's a cultural thing. Maybe, maybe it is. But yeah, there's there's this vicious crime that happens to someone at the start, 
and it's the the loved one seeking revenge for that uh, on the killer and the killer is like super sadistic like the opening scene really makes you hate his guts for what he does and then the rest of the film is following the main character coming after him and not only just like you know it's not like it's he's difficult to get to like there's not really that much of the film to start a lot of it is what he does once he has a hold of him a lot of it is it's not just that he wants to grab him and kill him immediately there's torture there's almost um in fact, I think at one point early on, he actually lets him go because he wants the chase to be part of it. He wants to know that he's yeah. coming. Um, it's like full-on, like absolutely balls-to-the-walls torture. Uh, but you're rooting for him the entire way because you saw what he did. <laughs> like you, you're, you're completely on his side. It's a, it's a proper bloodthirsty revenge movie um, and really well done as well. So uh, very good, very extreme. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I forgot to include this on my list. Oh dear. I'm I'm tired. It's been a long week at work and I put this list together in, you know, like an hour, an hour and a half before we recorded. Something was inevitably going to slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. There, there may be something else later, who knows. But yeah, yeah, I probably should have had this one on here somewhere. What's your thirty two? My thirty two is one that I know you haven't seen, uh, because that is Cowboy Bebop the movie because it's excellent because it's a great show and he here's an extra long episode of the show and but no it, it's you it has a chronological placement in the show and some people suggest watching it where where it is you know between whichever episodes those people are wrong because knowing how the show ends makes this movie better it just because it you know it, it was made with that in mind and it plays with some ideas of where it's going because it's still chronologically towards the end of the show and um, there's only a few episodes after it and it really plays with okay this is what's coming up and if you watch it chronologically which you probably could do on a rewatch it plays you know okay it, it builds more towards that that those those final stretch but don't do that just watch it properly because it's fantastic and the only thing i have to say about the bad about it really is there is one sequence towards two thirds through that is over long, and it's significantly over long, which is why it's you know down in down in the thirties. Otherwise, this would be you know maybe ten places higher if this sequence was edited down, which is a shame. All right, my number thirty-two point is going to Germany, and this is uh, probably the oldest film I've got on here. This is the Cabin of Dr. Caligari. Uh, silent film of course way ahead of its time and it's funny because obviously a lot of this is very sort of uh, like abstract and there's a lot of really fake sets they, they kind of intentionally have like these fake like cityscapes where they're kind of running through and we've got this story the big thing though is like it's very effective while it's doing what it's doing but it's so ahead of its time the plot twist well not shocking from like a modern perspective it's shocking when watching it because you just don't expect it to do it because you think oh they've not thought of that twist yet that's a twist they'll come up with in 50 years yeah like movies didn't have twists like that yet so when it does this twist it's like oh crap that was the, this whole movie damn all right i'm impressed this came up with that twist because it's this damn old <laughs> it had to have come up with this twist <laughs> um I mean, obviously it could have been in a book before, but you know, whatever. It's... It could have been, and maybe it was, but it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, really impressive. Look, It's very visually interesting. It may not be realistic looking, ever, 
but it's very visually interesting. Uh, Caligari himself has a great look. Um, yeah, this is one that I think, if you're into the history of film, I think this is one to go back and check and just see how they did what they did and just look at the script and look at the, 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 the tangled web of story because I feel like most movies back from this era and for a while were probably quite simple right it wasn't until some of the more sort of you know the, the noirs of the 40s that really started to twist things around and yeah I'd say you know, late 30s 40s is just pretty things were started getting, stepping up a notch yeah uh, not that simple's bad I love simple but sometimes simple can be great sometimes less is more but um, but not when that's all you've got yeah but very intricate very intricate and important to the history of cinema. So that is The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. What's your 31? My 31 is one that I'm fairly sure you've seen and fairly sure you hate. Mm-hmm. This is Akira. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that says it all, doesn't it? Convoluted tripe, but yeah, go on. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I'm not going to go through, sit here and go through the plot because we'll be here all night. Yeah, I, 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 by the time I got to the end of that movie, I had no idea why anything was happening, what was going on. I, I, I was so into it. It's such a great. A large part of it is the tone and the aesthetic. Uh, it, it just. Oh, it looks great. Having the bike, it, you know, it looks good. The city looks good. <laughs> it draws me in. So when you get to the end and and that thing's happening, which I'm not going to spoil, obviously. I'm I'm so into it. Like when this is hap- when this is all going down, and I I, I love it. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, after about, hates it, after so. about ten minutes, I couldn't follow what was going on anymore. It couldn't hold my attention. I I will say, they shout their names far too often. You know, it, it's just Canada, Tetsu, just constantly, like throughout the movie. It's the one thing that I really don't like about it. All right, um, my number thirty-one. Where's my thing? There it is. Uh, is going to Indonesia because I've got the Raid 2 at my number 31. Um, which I actually do think is an improvement upon the first film. Um, it's definitely not as simple as the first film. It's more of a, an in-depth kind of undercover story. But the action scenes in this one, when they get going, jeez. Um, because they set up in the first one, you've got these two brother characters, that's a big part of the plot. And in the second one, we have this revenge slash undercover police story and it leads to some very very epic and exciting action sequences um, very memorable i saw this in the theaters and i remember there being cheers uh at one point because the action got so ridiculous and the stunt was so impressive it was like well no this is just like that was that was impressive that was amazing well uh really funny in times and darkly funny in places very visceral very good it mixed the, the martial arts combat with some other styles of combat uh, there's some really memorable villains. Um, there's a yo-yo, which I won't spoil. <laughs> there's, there's a yo-yo involved. Joe, I think I think my face then kind of tells you I I never got around to seeing this one. Oh, that's a shame. For, for whatever reason, even though I, I clearly liked the the first one, and everyone who's seen it has told me no, this one's better. So obviously I should, and I just never got around to it. And then I figured, eh, we'll do it on Gigawatts at some point. We'll do them. I, I, no rush. Yeah, and, yep. and we still haven't. Although I'm sure we will. Yeah, no, Raid Two is fantastic. Um, if I have any complaints, it's maybe just a little bit over long. It's just over two hours, or even close to two, two and a half actually. But really good, really, really good. Raid Two. Mm. What's your what's your number thirty? Uh, I'm back to one that we covered on Gigawatts. 
That is Latrell. Hmm. You mean in flux? You said France. that multiple times now. In flux is a show. Don't even name your own show, goddammit. I just, look, I already established I'm very tired. It's been a long week. And I'm back in work in the morning. Well, go on. So, go on with it. God damn it. Yes, so Latrell, <laughs> yeah, we, we covered this uh, quite a while ago. Uh, French movie. Yeah, it's about you know, a group of prisoners in, in, in a cell who are already planning an escape. And then they get a new cellmate. And everything has to change, and they have to accommodate him into into their escape plan. It's very elaborate and complicated their escape plan as well. It's not simple, and it, the the tension in the movie is fantastic, and the dialogue with how these four characters interact is is just great. Yeah, the, everything with the planning is great, but I the, the standout has to be when they start sneaking out and creeping it's around in the tunnels in the tunnels and. Uh, when they're hiding from guards, the it is fantastically done, fantastic. Yeah. Very suspenseful, very sort of tricky. And Firefly, no, you're not lying there. You've caused a lot of troubles lying there before, so you're not doing it. Uh, but yeah, Latrell's great. No, I I back up that pick. Very good, very good. So Francis got a point there. Francis back back in the in the running. Um, it's, it's not really though, is it compared to Japan? Yeah. What's well, funny? So that was your number thirty. Yes. Yes, my number thirty is also Latrell. <laughs> I told you, I said early on, this usually happens once or twice. Yeah, and I didn't I... even, I didn't even notice until I looked up to see what my thirty was there, and I was like, shit, it's the same one. <laughs> uh, well, I, I kind of chimed in, so there you go. That my thirty is also Latrell. It's very good. I'll give it another point. There you go, France. <laughs> France got an extra point there. Uh, everything I just said. There you go, Connor. What's, what's your twenty nine? Well, my twenty nine. Um, this is this is one you've mentioned earlier. Uh, this is Samurai 2 which as as we alluded to earlier as well I prefer over the first one which means the first one did not appear on my list what do you want cookie what I want points no no I just I just wanted to uh, to point out that I, I, do you want no, a skittle like the first one brought to you by skittles 121 oh I, I would have loved to see if you'd said do you want a skittle I'd have gone hell yeah have a skittle Pretty sure that's showing up backwards, to be honest. It is, but you know what? It's a bar. You get the point. Start the... I'll get the logo later and just put it on the screen. Brought to you by Skittles. Just stick it over our big Influx logo on the bottom. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> I'm uh, a lemon one right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we, we, we already spoke a fair bit about Samurai to you. How I, I think it improves upon two. Whereas you thought, you know. It definitely advanced everything. Be sort of the first one was maybe a more rounded movie, and mm-hmm. um, it had the the origin stuff. I appreciate how it upped the stakes, and I thought I really liked how it it managed to be completely different in its pacing. In that, uh, you know, the, the first one is is this kind of this journey, but the second one it feels like it's building to something the whole time, and you can kind of see where it's going from relatively early on, and that really worked for me. Yep. No. It's- Great. So, I mean, obviously, I talked about it earlier. So, yeah. My number 29. Um, we're going back. Stop eating Skittles, you unprofessional bastard. They've been sitting there taunting me this entire time. And this has gone on a long time. This has been a really long time. It's true. If we're sponsored by them, we should probably be eating them more. But back to Korea for me. Uh, point to Korea for Train to Busan. This is one that me and Tim did on streams uh, sort of towards the end of 2016. This is a zombie movie on a train. And obviously that's a simple pitch. It's an easy pitch. Zombies on a train, sure. Why not? 
it's just bloody good. <laughs> like, is that simple? <laughs> uh, it's a father uh, taking his daughter across country home um, to to uh, I can't remember the cities off the top of my head, um, but he's taking taking them. I think to Seoul, or they're going from Seoul to to wherever. But they they obviously there's Can a you zombie. Even name another city in Korea. Sorry. Can you even name a second city in Korea? Probably not. No. Probably not. Get, get, oh, I'm not sure I could either. Yeah. I can have a few in Japan. I can, get, I can get a few in Japan out. Yeah, yeah, but it's not relevant to this, though, is it? It's not. I'm just saying. I can, I can do multiple Japan cities. Um, but there's another train, and, of course, zombie outbreak hits. And what's so good about this, though, is the character work and the tension they get out of this. There's, there's like, a scene where characters have to like sneak through a train car that's filled with zombies without being seen there's you know there's, there's you know they're cut off from the loved ones and they have to like get through a train car there are scenes where they get off at one station but it's too dangerous so they have to get back on the train and move that's the only safe way out it's just a really good survival movie with constantly giving them new obstacles but on top of that the character work is fantastic this has one of the some horror movies have this type of character where they're the villain despite the fact that the, the villain should just be the zombies but there's a human being who you hate because they're scummy and put other people in danger and they're villainous. This movie has one of the most hated characters for that in a good way where you hate them because of what they keep doing and you can't wait to see them get eaten. You just can't wait. Um, it's really good. Uh, it has arcs for some of the characters. It's got really good you know, set piece moments. It's full of them. This is a really, like, this was a really surprising moment that popped up a couple of years ago. Me and Tim loved it. Yeah, Train to Busan, really, really good. Highly recommend it. Yeah. This is one that I keep looking at, like, keeps popping up going, hey, yeah, watch this. I'm like, yeah, I know, I want to. But it's like two and a half, two hours 40 uh, length. It's quite long, I'm pretty sure. It's not that, it's like two hours 10, I think. It's closer to two. Yeah, two hours 10. Right. It's long for a horror whatever movie. Whatever it is, it's, it's long for a horror movie. Whenever I see it, I'm like, I don't really have time for that right now and I just keep putting it off and it, but it sounds great I'm sure I'll love it when I get around to it hmm well go on then what's your 28 uh, this I promise is, is the last of the Ghibli movies for now for, for a, a significant you know portion now is uh, uh, My Neighbor Totoro which hmm. is one that we covered a few months ago yeah it was a Patreon vote winner yeah. it was yes that was why we did that one and I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed it. And and uh, you know, however, I liked it even more. Maybe you know, after a week or two, after after we reviewed it, once it kind of dawned on me, there's no plot. There is no plot to this movie. In the best possible way, like I said, like nothing happens. Yet I never know. It, it took me a week or two weeks to even notice that nothing happened. And that's genius. That's fantastic. <laughs> like, it's like, genius. Uh, nothing happens. It's great. That's Seinfeld. That's the pitch of Seinfeld. Nothing happens. It's just people doing things. But, but, nothing happens. To, to be able to have uh, you know, uh, an hour and a half movie that I thought was fantastic and engrossing, to not even, uh, to, for me to not even realize that nothing happened is, is fantastic. You know, because if, if nothing happens, I'm going. Well, nothing happened. This is this is you know this is pointless. You know that's a critique, but when it tricks me into thinking stuff happened, I just assumed stuff happened, and then I realised 
it didn't. It's just like one day and, and nothing changed. There's no, you know, nothing. Hmm. And it's fantastic. Also, movie's much better when you realise what the dark ending is. It's super, super dark. If, if you want to go, I, I don't think that makes it better. <laughs> I honestly we believe it, but you fought me so hard on that. I just thought it was fun to talk about because I thought it was a fun theory. And, and, and you you yeah. just like, no, 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 no don't, don't ruin my happy movie. Yeah, yeah I think it's bullshit. I'm not having it. <laughs> Everyone dies. Anyway, uh, so my number, uh, what are we on? 28. Yeah. Well, this is definitely not a happy movie. Uh, this is The Hunt. So Denmark's getting a point. Where's my... <laughs> oh, okay. I don't have a, Den- a, a Denmark slot yet. This is the first point again. No, no. First Danish. So... This, this is another one that slots it at Scandinavian. <laughs> I don't think Denmark technically is part of Scandinavia. But I don't care. In my mind it is. Because Finland, Norway and Sweden are Scandinavia. Yeah, but Denmark's just it's close enough. It's basically the same. Okay, but I'm just saying technically it's not part of Scandinavia. Anyway, no, I'm I, I'm not saying oh it's 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 actually saying I'm saying in my mind I just group them all together. Okay, all right. Uh, so this is Mads Mikkelsen, who of course is fantastic, and he is accused of being a paedophile. He's a school teacher. He teaches a uh, you know nursery, kindergarten, kind of age kids, and one of the one of the little girls says something about him that sounds extremely suspicious right and it does sound extremely yeah. suspicious but the beautiful thing about this as the viewer is that we understand where she got these words from because it's not words she should know and we see we actually get evidence to suggest oh she just got them from here right now we don't know for a, a fact that that's where that she's not telling the truth here but we do have like a place where she could have gotten this information and it's called the hunt because all of a sudden everyone's out to get him everyone you know is assuming he's guilty and it's about the absolute turmoil and the 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 gauntlet of misery that he has put through because everyone just assumes that it's true. Everyone thinks it's real. Yeah, it's it, it's about the the danger of accusations. Yeah, like, no one, no one it gives. It doesn't a... matter. It, it's it's all about perception from from your from your society. Yeah, and he he is absolutely hunted for it, as as the title would suggest. Yes. Um. But it's it's soul crushing. It is a really hard, difficult watch. You feel uncomfortable, um, and there's like no wonder because you can't necessarily even blame the parents for for feeling weird about them. Because once the accusation has been made, would you feel comfortable with your kid going anywhere near them? You probably wouldn't. Exactly. No, you can't exactly. blame them. So you know, um, it's a really hard watch. It's really well done. It's really tense. Uh, ups and downs, mostly downs, but it's very, very strong. So uh, that is that is the hunt. Is that it's a soul crushing watch, but it's one that I'd recommend. Um, mm. But yeah, so uh, what's your twenty seven? My twenty seven. This is one I actually only watched a couple of weeks ago for the first time. Just you know, I was trying to just see. Oh, okay, have I got any last minute additions that I can you know put on here? And I'm glad I did because obviously it's at twenty seven, and that is Infernal Affairs. Hmm. And this is Hong Kong, Chinese Hong Kong, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically you've got the police force, you've got a gang, and there's a mole in each side. You know they've infiltrated each other. Yes, I feel like you should and probably start this by saying this is what they remade the Departed out of. Yeah, but see, I wanted to save that till the end. Okay. I'm sure most people already know that anyway, but I wanted to get to the end of this and be like, "Hey, if this sounds familiar." 
fine, whatever, you've ruined it now, never mind. <laughs> well, I like this a lot as well. Um, I, I think it's way better than The Departed. I think The Departed is a mediocre remake of it. But um, it's not on my list, I'll spoil that now, because it's been such a long time since I've seen it that I didn't feel confident in placing it. That, so. That's fair. Um, I know. I think it's it holds a real because it has a lot of that early two thousand style in the, the the edit specifically that I can see why you you might in your mind be like eh, okay I don't know but it held up surprisingly well that that stuff almost made me feel a little bit nostalgic for it I'll be honest okay. um, in small doses I wouldn't want it like all the time but I I really love the way the molds kind of play off each other and 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 the back and forth the way that goes down. Yeah, if I recall correctly, there's a really close call in the middle where they both almost catch each other, and it's kind of yeah uh, yeah yeah it's yeah. good stuff. It, it's it's a really good like there's there's tension in there and but there's a lot of fun like there's just and and the the it's it's a lot of really smart dialogue that that really you know, makes this movie work. Um, so I'm I'm really glad I watched this one. That's very good, very good. Uh, so my number twenty-seven. Uh, going back to samurai film. So obviously Japan's getting getting a point. <laughs> I mean, not that. No, I mean, I would be curious to see another another country tackle a samurai film, but typically it's a very Japanese thing. So this is um, uh, harikiri, um, which is another word for seppuku, and it's uh, it's very interesting in how it's told. You have this this older samurai who comes to the the temple and requests to commit seppuku on their grounds. You know this is more honourable to do it on your grounds. Allow me to to kill myself here, and the the you know, the lord's a little bit suspicious of this. He's like, you know, we've had some really weird cases recently where people will essentially do this in order to try and beg for money. They'll you know we'll try and talk them out of it and they'll say, no, no, we're too poor that we have to just kill ourselves because there's nothing we can do. So they they try and basically con us out of money. And he tells a story of someone who did that recently, and he's like, no, no, I swear I'm not here to con you. I I have no intention of leaving here alive. Like I want to, I want to do this. And it becomes a, a movie where once they get talking, he starts telling this the backstory of of why what's brought him here, and how this might or might not connect to someone who previously came and did this, and why he might be there. So a lot of it's told in flashbacks as he's telling the Lord the stories. And then, obviously, as it goes on, there's some revelations, there's things, and it all builds up to a great, fantastic, big fight sequence. Um, mm. And But the, the whole thing is, like, the mystery and the motivators behind why he's here, and what his real intentions might be, if they are any more than just to commit seppuku. It's yeah, very good. This is an excellent movie. I assume you're referring to the original here, yes? Yeah. Well, when's the remake? When does the remake come? Uh, t- t- twenty early twenty tens. Oh, yeah, this is nineteen sixty two. I think is the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've I've seen both, but uh, the, the the remake I believe was uh, Takashi Miki. Oh, was it? Okay, I haven't seen that. Yeah. In fact, I didn't even know it existed. As my reaction there would would uh, uh, attest to, but mm. um, I think it's excellently paced. I think the the mystery plays out wonderfully. Even though you always have a sense of like, okay. I'm pretty sure, pretty I, sure I know where this is going. I'm pretty sure I know what the gist of this is going to be once it gets there, but it doesn't make the getting there any less exciting or any less yeah. kind of because that's kind of what the Lord expects as well. He suspects there's something up. It's not exactly what he suspects, admittedly, but he suspects that there's something not true about this. So you're kind of waiting for the table to possibly turn, and yeah, you're waiting it, on just just what exactly is it? Well, yeah, what is the detail that we're getting to here? Yeah. But the stories are always invigorating. They're always exciting as he's going through them. Uh, very dramatic, and uh, yeah, so very good. And it all builds up to one giant ass fight scene 
um, in the temple, which is very, very good. So uh, that is Harry Kiri. So uh, what is your number 26, your final film of this part? So my final film for this part is actually the most recent movie I watched with the intention again this is the very last one i managed to fit in and if, if you've been listening to, uh, to our movie news show recently you'll have heard me talk about this and this is a touch of zen this is a taiwanese i believe mm-hmm. could be could be wrong on that though i would have to double check and this is a, a wuxia epic this is uh, around three hours long um from the, the early 70s it was originally released in two parts and it's very methodically paced. For, for a martial arts film, there isn't a single bit of martial arts until 50-odd minutes in. It's very deliberate in just setting things up. And it's all about uh, this, this man who, you know, he's trained for things. You know, he's, he's not, not in fighting, fighting necessarily, but he's trained at the schools to, to, to begin an official post. But he's never taken the final exam to get an official post and you know an official salary mm-hmm. for the government um so he, he's just kind of he's still living with his mother he's unmarried um and uh, a woman uh moves in just you know across the street basically and it, it turns out you know she's actually being hunted by by the empire she's wanted fugitive um not for anything that she's done wrong it's you know family politics and it becomes this journey of uh, someone coming to try and track her down and you know there's this uh, some some colleagues of hers trying to protect her etc and it's really notable that the 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 main guy who we follow doesn't actually get involved in any of the martial arts for quite a long time it's maybe two-thirds through the movie until you know there's a big big dramatic moment for his character where he finally decides to be like no okay i'm i'm going to take part here uh, up until that point he's kind of just along for the ride um it's it's gorgeous movie. Um, it's a, a particularly yeah, fantastic scene in a, in a bamboo forest that that really you know sticks out. The only thing that I really want to critique is is a sound effect, a, a particular sound effect because it's overused. It's it's a specific sound effect that they use when the two swords are clashing. Okay. And it's one really just jarring effect. It just kind of it rings really funny in my ears, and they use the same one way too much. It's not. It wasn't like it was the only one, but it was overused, and it kind of grated on me after a while. But it's it's very good. All right, uh, not seen this one. Um, it's, it sounds interesting enough. I'd I'd probably check it out at some point. Uh, when I'm in the mood for a theor. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I watched it in two parts. I I checked as to when the original release split was, and just you know watched that over two nights. All right, so my number twenty six, the final film of this part. Is that another Japanese one? One final point for Japan. Um, is, finally enough, it is Samurai 3 Duel at Ganryu Island. Interesting. Um, it is the emotional climax of the three movies, so unless they mess that up, these should always be the best of the three. They should be. Theoretically. It's kind of like how like, when you're talking about the See, best episodes of a TV show, the season finales typically end up being the favourites most of the time. In theory, I agree with what you're saying. But in practice, it's not actually the case. In practice, I don't know if I have any trilogy where the third is my favourite. Dark Knight. No. I, I, I love, I, I love okay. Rises. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh no, that, that was a step down. Not not really. But it's I, I wouldn't say it's my favourite of the three. Okay. 
Um, I don't think I've got any either. I can't think of any. No, not back to the future. In theory, you're you're right that they should be the best. They should be, yeah. Um, But for some reason, more often than not, they they, they falter a little bit, and the third one tends to be the weakest of the three, usually, (laughs) more often than not. It's yeah, and it's it's often it's not even like they're fumbling the emotional beats. They're not even fumbling the climax. They're just they're just not maybe not as exciting as the, as the first two sometimes. Yeah, I don't bizarre. know. Uh, but Samurai Three keeps its premise simple. It has the character progression, and it feels like it comes full circle based on the first two films. And much like the first two films, the samurai fighting is shot impeccably. It is exciting. It is it feels like a dance with a camera. It is beautiful stuff. Uh, really really pretty. And like I say, it's the emotional climax of everything. The the the, the build up to the, the fight with the, the main antagonist, the, the the romance stuff, all of it pays off in this final final movie. Uh, some some of some of it happy endings, some of it bad endings. Uh, but you're trying to be a bit vaguer because you know we're watching it soon, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's it's very bloody good, is what I'm saying. It's very bloody good. Uh, so, which is why when I talk about my favorite trilogies now, the Samurai trilogy is one that is in that conversation. It's, it's on that that top five, top ten, whatever. I'd have to sit and think about where it places, but you know, it's in that conversation. Yeah, there's, there's a shorter list one day. Top top ten trilogies. Okay, that's the thing. Uh, and How Car- high can I get the prequels and seem legit? Carlos number one is Star Wars, of course. So let's just spoil that now. I mean. I mean- yeah, yeah. Number two is probably Lord of the Rings. Probably, but after that, it's pretty open. <laughs> it's just number one and two are, are a shoe in, yes. Well, um, what would you say? They're still my favorite movies. They're, they're kind of locked down. I don't know if you could guess my number one. Is it Dark Knight trilogy? Maybe, but I'm not. I'm not 100 say it is for sure. Uh, but you know, it could be. That's could that's be. a potential. Yeah, but it's not locked in like you. Like nothing's beating Star Wars for you. It's not even coming. Nothing's coming I mean, close. It, it could. It could theoretically. Nah. Just, just it hasn't come close yet. What? No, I'm, I'm talking about the stuff that's already been made. I'm not saying it. Could, no, nothing oh, right, could ever okay. come close to it. I'm saying nothing could ever come close to it in terms of picking out of existing trilogies. I mean, it could be. It could be ones I haven't seen yet. <laughs> Oh dear, that is that is an end to this shambles of a part one. Almost, almost, almost scores. We do, and and obviously Japan is winning, so save them for last. They'll build up. We want to know just you know how crazy it is. All right, so tied at one point apiece. Hungary, Poland, Taiwan, Denmark, and Mexico. And then tied at two points each is Indonesia and Germany. Indonesia is probably higher than everybody expected, to be honest. That's probably where it's tapping out. Um, Italy is also on two as well. Um, And then we have Korea has four. China slash Hong Kong has five. France has five. And then Japan has 20. 20 out of 50. So... Everyone else is playing for, playing for number two because Japan's winning. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> That's what's happening. But you kind can, of always knew that was going to be the case, though, didn't we? You get the exciting conclusion to this later this week, where we'll do the top twenty-five out of the fifty, and you can do that. Obviously, both of these parts will go up early on YouTube, but that that sentence will still be true because this will just go up the same time next week for YouTube. So early on Patreon. What did I say? Early on YouTube. 
earlier on Patreon. That's what I meant to say. That is late. Yeah, he said if, that. If we're going to promote Patreon, we should say it. Yeah, Patreon. Patreon.com slash TV. Super important because you can support us over there. And if you like all these shambles of countdowns and their movie discussions and everything else, you can go over there and you can support us by giving us $1 or more and you get some various things. You get these things early. You get Influx early. You get um, you get Overlord early. You get Already Cancelled early and a bunch of other stuff you also get obviously more things at the five dollar tier like voting rights once a month you get a vote for a movie in flux vote for a movie in streams overload all that stuff um so all good stuff uh so but you can do that support us you can also like subscribe comment uh, watch the ads on youtube all that stuff does help um i should promote a couple things I, I feel it's worth promoting the new uh short spoiler free review format that just we just started doing uh, the first review was uh, Summer of 84 that went up last week and there's one in the works right now. Uh, these are scripted, uh, they are scripted and narrated with images, uh, it's a little bit different from what we normally do, it's a little bit more sort of succinct and to the point. Uh, it doesn't replace anything else we do, uh, there'll be some movies that get that treatment as well as the gigawatts or influx or streams discussion. Oh. We know some people just want, you know, a, a shorter thing. You know, instead of our big discussion, you know, thirty minute discussion, yeah, yeah. some people want five, ten minutes of what's it like. Yeah. But it's just basically the idea. Um it's just trying something new, uh, see seeing how it goes. It just a uh, chance for us to flex our, our muscles in a different way. Um especially me as someone who is actually trained to edit things and, and do what I mean there's a little bit of editing with the stuff we do, but not a lot. Whereas this is a little bit more oh I get to actually produce something, write and record and then and then actually edit it properly, which means it takes a lot longer to do, given which is funny because you know it's only five minutes the end product versus 30, 40, 60 minutes, whatever it is. But it takes much longer to actually yeah. achieve. So, so definitely let us know how you're feeling on these because yeah. you know they, they do take a lot more time. They so do. feedback is useful. They do. So uh, check out those. Check out those um, on the YouTube's. Of course, they're not an audio feed because they're just short videos. Uh, but yeah, so this has been in flux. This has been the first half of the top fifty foreign films countdown. Uh, second half's coming later in the week. So let us know your first twenty-five movies in your top fifty if you've made one as well, or if you haven't, you know, get get working on it. We like to see them in the comments. Uh, but that is us. Uh, so thank you very much for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching movies and we'll see you next time <laughs>